so I told him we were at the gym one day and I was like, dude, I'm going to get out and I'm going to go play fullback in the NFL. And that's what I'm like, that's what I'm doing. And he was like, super like, like what? Like you could see in his face. He was just like, he just heard what I said, but it was like, he didn't say those words, but I just, I just knew he was like, hold on. And then a couple seconds go by and he's like, Dude, I can totally see that. Welcome to the Sonica Project, hosted by myself, Travis Marshall, and Pat Forstall. The purpose of our show is to talk with those that have inspired us and discuss challenges in life, past and present. We hope these stories push you to chase new challenges and press on. Overall, we hope to build a community that lives out our mantra of someday never comes. Thank you for tuning in. Enjoy the show. Oh, yeah. So I declined career does because I was like this is a necessary step necessary decision in pursuit of the NFL and uh that's that's where my heart's at right now that's what I want to do that's what I'm gonna do dude that's a huge decision to make I mean at yeah 20 at 20 what you were 26 at that point or how old are you I want to say yeah probably 26. 26 not knowing not knowing if you're gonna have a career in the nfl at all like there's no guarantee at all and you're just like yeah like I go for it looking back i was probably pretty dumb uh <laughs> because i didn't have much set up as far as like a plan to make it happen but i'm glad that i hadn't been make had a plan making it like trying to set it up because then that would have required a lot of time and effort focusing on, on my path into the NFL and not putting that time and effort into being a platoon commander and being a platoon commander was like the best thing for me. Um, that helped me get into the NFL. Uh, it just like, taught me how to be a pro dude like at the naval cat like when i was saying if i could go back i would go back and take advantage of my fucking education and like try to get good grades because same here you know just being smarter like yeah it seems like it's so simple (laughs) how do you like you you work out your brain like you struggle through hard-ass classes and you figure it out you don't just like you know, slap a band-aid on Calc three final exam and say, well, I got good enough to pass the class, you know, like you didn't learn anything. And that happened to me so many times. And like I said, I wouldn't change it, but knowing what I know now, like if I could go back, I would uh, definitely apply myself more in school, but the Marine Corps like mandated it because I don't care what my grades are. I don't care what my GPA says, I don't care what this piece of paper 
that I show you, it says I graduated from the Naval Academy with this degree, whatever, like that, that's not like, it's never what I've been about. And uh, the Marine Corps was, it was like, you're not getting a piece of paper, you're not getting a number, you're not getting this or that, like, you have these fucking Marines that you are in charge of, and you owe them everything you have, you know what I mean? So it wasn't like an evaluation from something that you don't care about. It's like you're with these people. You're with these awesome dudes and you just, you owe, you owe them your best. Um, and fortunately, IOC was like such a good school that uh, allowed me to show up like ready to roll. And um, yeah, I just, I just, I loved it, dude. I, it was such a great time in my life for so many reasons. And uh, yeah, it just taught me how to just like be a pro um, in so many ways. And that is what I like those lessons learned through the Marine Corps and leading Marines. Like that was my foundation of like figuring out a way into the NFL. Because going, I, going back on your the education speech, I mean, dude, I, I regret not putting forth my best foot in the in the, at the academy but one thing the the navy and the military in general has taught me is like there's always a time to learn and like right now even when you're older is like if you stop learning and you start to stop like reading i mean you can so much wealth in just books and education yeah. and, and as a whole like you will not become successful and like i think there's i think that's like an incredibly valuable just saying right there, like just continue your education, keep keep striving and keep reading. Like pick up a new book every week or every month, whatever it is. So yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've I've been getting into uh for years now. I've been reading and listening to audiobooks and some of the best conversations I have with people are is on a, about a book, you know? Yeah. And I love that shit. It's so cool because I don't know you just it you get to just get to know people um through conversations like that and uh it's been you know we're lucky because we went to the Naval Academy and played football so we were exposed to this incredibly tight group of people um known as the brotherhood and that's rare like to be a part of something that special where dudes will literally give everything they have to you to one another that doesn't happen like ever you know yeah to be a part of that navy football and then the marine corps like back to back that's like a double whammy of complete awesomeness you know and those experiences are so unique to us because we played Navy football, you know? Yeah. And so, yeah, I think it's important to find ways like outside of those chapters of your life to be able to like connect with people and have that kind of impact on each other, you know? Um, But it's hard. It's hard to do, man. I'm, 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 uh, I've also been kind of all over the place the last few years um haven't really been locked down to like one 
city that I've lived in or like been on one team for very long to like get to know that group of dudes like the same way that I would have back in Navy football days or like leading Marines and stuff. Um, but that's just kind of the nature of the NFL. I have some incredible friends from the NFL, like dudes I'm so tight with because football, you just have such a strong, there's such a strong bond just from the game of football. But yeah, it's just, it's just a different world. And the, the Navy football and the Marine Corps compounding effect is like, yeah, man, it's, it's something special. Something to, I'm very fortunate that, you know, my life put me in those spots because I'm, I know some of the greatest people in the world and they have, they would do anything for me uh, and I would do anything for them at any moment, you know? So yeah, dude, go Navy. <laughs> go Navy. I see you know, that what... his speech right there. I don't even know. I was just like, just, <laughs> it was just coming out. Yeah. One thing that, uh, Pat and I were talking about earlier was, uh, you know, the, the relationship, the, the similarities between the, I think the Marine Corps and the NFL, like one, it's incredibly hard to be an NFL player. Obviously you're, you're attested to that. Like you work your ass off to do it, but it's also incredibly hard to be a successful soldier and a Marine. Right. And like, what, what percentage of the people that you had the opportunity to play with in the NFL is just like, straight up talent and then what what percentage of it is they put their ass online every day and they just like they work they work real hard um yeah i don't know if i i I could have a good percentage for you um but i do have a couple of examples like everyone in the nfl is incredibly talented athlete they obviously showed someone at some level in their college career that they have something special to play football at an even higher level. So everyone's got talent. Everyone's good. That is never enough in, in that level because everyone's got it, you know? So if you don't work hard and you don't pick up things and you don't, you know, figure it out quickly, you don't progress in a way that, is on par with your peers and you know the coaches and stuff like that like you will not have the luxury to continue so but there are guys who are more talented even at that level where there is so much talent there is obviously guys with more talent and whether it's talent on the field as a player, whether it's talent as a student of the game, whether it's talent watching film, whether it's talent taking care of your body, like all of these things could be viewed as a talent. But at the end of the day, like it's just commitment and hard work, you know? And the best dudes that I've been around are talented in all of those things, but they're more dedicated, committed, and a hardworking, you know, tough son of a bitch and they do have the physical talent but they have talent in all those areas required to be a good good player in the nfl and and one of the best examples i have is uh i played with brandon cooks every single day dude he's so impressive he's always working his ass off he never skips a practice he never takes a you know you hear a lot about like vet days like guys guys taking a vet day brandon doesn't do that if he's not practicing, it's because like a hamstring's tight or something like that, where he's like saving it for like a, a real reason. But 
every day, like we run full speed, like we'll run a top speed sprint. Um, until like, cause all this shit is like date, like data driven. And like, this is something that it wasn't a part of the game when I was playing in college. So it's all new to me, but like you're, you have like a load and like Mm -hmm. your position, this number, like you should be hitting this load every day or like this amount of load for the week. So in order to like, make sure everyone gets their load, they'll like run a couple like full speed sprints and they'll tack that onto your weekly load. So like you hit your number. Usually guys don't hit their numbers in practice alone. So they'll have to run a couple of these sprints after practice. Brandon, this dude runs like, he hits like 23 miles per hour in practice every single day. Like, and he's been doing it for this long. And like, that's hauling ass, dude. Yeah. That's one of the fastest mans on the planet running at his fastest while playing football and doing it multiple times a day. And you guys know, like, playing football at that speed, like, as a receiver, obviously it happens way more frequently. But, like, every now and then you find yourself in a position on a football field where you have to run as fast as you can. Yeah. And you know how hard that is with all the other things going on around you. Well, Brandon does it every day. And not only does he do that every day, he's in the weight room doing all the things he has to do to make sure his body's prepared to do that every day and his body can recover adequately. And you'll never find him, you know, not in the right spot versus zone coverage. You'll never uh, find him making the wrong decision on like, you know, a coverage look that determines whether he breaks in or out or whatever the case may be for the particular play call. But he's just on top of his shit. He's professional in every sense of the word that <clears throat> requires you to perform at, at a level of Brandon Cooks in the National Football League. So it's cool to see – it's cool to be around, like, a guy like that, you know, where it's not a coincidence, you know. Yeah. It's like, there's yeah. just not a lot of people yeah. that are doing it the way he's doing it, you know. Yeah, he's that dude for a reason. Yeah, like it takes a lot to be that dude. So yeah, shout out to Brandon Cooks. That dude's the man. <laughs> it's so, also who who do you think is the like most talented person you've ever played with? You think it's Brandon? Most talented person I've ever played with. Played with or against? Hey, Pat, this is gonna get you fired up. <laughs> I'm gonna say shout out to Will Anthony, bro. Yeah. That dude's a, yeah. On low key, Will Anthony could be playing in the NFL. <laughs> that poetry in motion, Washington pass rush. Dude, he, Will was, Will's special. He was an animal, man. He was a uh, year younger than me, and he was he was the man. He was so good. He's also just such a nice guy. Like, oh my god, like <clears throat> maybe the nicest dude you'll ever meet. Which yeah. probably made so many people mad. I remember him laughing at people like after sacking them or tackling a lot. Like yeah. about, he'd just be like smiling and like laughing, like pissing off office alignment so much. Dude, Will was such a baller. But yeah, in the NFL, most talented, played with or played against. I played with Cam Newton in New England. That dude's a freak. Mm-hmm. That's pretty crazy talent. Laramie Tunsil. Big old tackle. 
dude, he is another a great example of what I was just saying about Brandon. LT, <clears throat> physically as gifted as they come, but you want to talk about another dude who's in there getting his shit done, LT. And, I mean, you watch him play, it's like, dude, when they teach offensive line, you're watching guys like him. And so, yeah, being around that, like, that's pretty special as well. So, yeah, that was probably Will Anthony and Laramie Tunsil. What about, uh, what about like, just the most psychotic player you've ever played with? Just does stuff that's just like completely different. Cause I got I got one from Navy football that I'll I'll bring up after after I hear yours. But Jimmy, yeah, that's exactly what I was gonna say. Yeah, like Jimmy was nuts, bro. (laughs) Pre-game prayer. Oh, dude, Jimmy was out of his mind. He was like he would like knock himself out on kickoffs. (laughs) Yeah, freshman year, like he, Jimmy was one of the few freshmen who traveled with the team and played. He was just a maniac and running down the field and knock himself out. Sometimes he'd just sometimes he'd make the biggest hit in the world and just completely level somebody, or he was getting knocked out. And it was like, dude, this guy's just out of his mind, bro. I love it. <laughs> every time every time I would walk up to him, like before practice or something, he'd have his headphones in. And you could hear his headphones from like across the locker room. Yeah, and it was just heavy metal every single day, just like blaring his ear. I don't know how he still has any hearing at all. Like, yeah, yeah, dude. Jimmy's Jimmy's one of a kind, bro. He's the best. So you spent some time on the Patriots. I mean, talk to us a little bit about like what it was like playing for Coach Belichick. I mean, the absolute goat, one of the best coaches of all time. I mean, I'm sure you you have some amazing experiences with him. Yeah. Um. For me, that just kind of felt like a natural place to go with coming from the Naval Academy and then the Marine Corps. And obviously, Joe Cardona goes or goes there, plays for the Pats. And so, like, there's that Navy football connection, which is cool. Um, but it just felt like, I don't know, like, for me, it felt like if there is a you know, it, it could be any team, but if I was like going to bet on any team that would have a little bit of interest in me, I would say it was going to be the Pats just because they always do things a little bit differently. Um, and, you know, you you see all these like long shot players go to New England and end up being like winning Super Bowls and being incredible players. And, you know, I think what was that dude's name? Like Chris Hogan. Uh didn't he play like lacrosse in college and never played football and ended up like somehow, I don't know the, the story, but he ended up being a receiver on the Pats yeah, and like, yeah, slot guy. Yeah. yeah. He won a, I think he won two Super Bowls there. And like, how do you find that guy? You know? Um, <laughs> and no one else has that guy on their team. Uh, so I was like, you know, if there's, there's someone in there in New England that like, you know, I was looking outside the box and that was definitely going to come into play uh, with me. Maybe I thought maybe I would have more success, but we'll get into that later. That's a different question. But um, yeah, just being fortunate enough to start my NFL career in New England, transitioning from the Marine Corps to the NFL with like a very structural regimented environment that is New England it was like seem 
seamless like uh you know just oh yeah like daily schedule boom really tight timelines uh easy like all these little things that i've just been so accustomed to for you know all of navy football and then all of the marine corps basically 10 years like new england operates very similar similarly so i was like oh it's easy like perfect spot for me like making that transition you know um the only thing that sucked and really sucked about that year was it was covid so like sometimes we would like have zoom meetings and it, you couldn't like all the chairs were spaced out and you couldn't be in the same room together and all this stuff so like you think about what that does and what that does to like a football team like there's so much value that happens in the meeting room like like pat if i was sitting next to you in navy and like i missed something that coach p was talking about like yo what do you say and you'd be like yo boom got it or like vice versa like that's not happening on zoom and yeah. you don't get to have like those little quick conversations when you're walking out of the meeting room or walking into the meeting room which <clears throat> obviously if those are that time is used wisely that's very efficient use of, the, of your time and like the overall improvement and progression of the team so that was a shitty year to be uh, a rookie fullback who hadn't played football in six years uh, to try to like get up to speed. Yeah. But it also gave me a lot of time to myself, which I just buried myself in the film room and just took it upon myself. Like, all right, I need to take advantage of this time. I need to improve at a rate <clears throat> that is exponential to my peers because that's, that's who I'm competing with. That's, who I need to beat out. That's uh, I'm only going to get a little bit of grace period. If that to be like <clears throat> viewed as a project. And I didn't come here to like be a project. I came here to be a player and I came here to make a fucking roster. So need to maximize this opportunity. So yeah, when we weren't meeting or practicing in new England, you can find me in one of the, uh film rooms in my notebook uh writing down flashcards making uh notes about different routes and shit that i just never never been asked to do before ever in my football career i did like basically learn a new game you know yeah, um, yeah. coming back after six years going from defensive end to tight end or were you was this fullback at the time like both yeah uh, because the way the practices are like you you play everything but wow yeah so that was a huge year for me i learned so much um and was like prepared to take the next step moving on and and that was houston the following year so yeah shout out to the patriots i got a lot of love for navy football <laughs> yeah dude my funny quick story my grandpa my grandpa's naval academy class of uh 58 played quarterback back in the day and uh him and coach belichick's dad cross paths in the navy football days of of old no way wild that's crazy i bet you 
I bet you Coach Belichick was there too at some point. Yeah, yeah, probably. Guy's such a legend. What class was your dad? So my grandpa was 58. And my dad was 84. Your your dad was what, 80, 86? My dad was 80. Oh, 80. Oh, that's, okay. That's right. Um, yeah. That was my dad's call sign, Q-Bear. Q-Bear? <laughs> Q-Bear. <laughs> One thing I haven't told you guys is, like, the actual transition, like, how I did it. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. We're going in circles, but I'll go back to career designation. Um, I made that decision, and the first person I told that I was going to do it because was Jimmy, because Jimmy was like, he, Jimmy was going to ANS, uh, which is assessment and selection from RSOC. Like he already submitted his paperwork. He already got the approval. Like he was going in a few months and I was not doing my paperwork. And he was like, dude, what are you doing? Like do your fucking paperwork. And I was like, all right, I got to tell him. So I told him we were at the gym one day and I was like, dude, I'm going to get out and I'm going to go play fullback in the NFL. And that's what I'm like, that's what I'm doing. And he was like, super like, like what? Like you could see in his face. He was just like, he just heard what I said, but it was like, what are you talking? Like, he didn't say those words, but I just, I just knew he was like, hold on. And then a couple seconds go by and he's like, dude, I could totally see that. Like you, could totally <laughs> and I was like, dude, I know. Like, fuck. And he's like, all right, like, let me go get a football. Like we can, I'll, I'll, I'll throw to you right now. Like we can run, you know, we'll, we'll start with like a little out route. Like, I'll go get the football. And I'm like, dude, dude, all right, all right. Like, calm down. <laughs> and just from that point forward, dude, he was just like, had my back. And uh, that was super cool because, you know, I was with him every day. And uh, just being with someone that believes in you is uh, it's fucking special man and especially when it's someone like that who you've been through so much with um yeah so shout out to freaking jimmy Britton, dude um dude that goes back to the uh the community part that pat was talking about earlier it's like it's just so important to surround yourself by people that want want you to do well yeah and dude totally. like, like you said yes i gotta say shout out to jimmy too because we kind of talked about it but uh i mean jimmy travis and i were all hurt at the same time you know jimmy had his had his season ending injury on the football field like maybe a, a couple a week or two before i tore my meniscus and was out for the season travis had his shoulder surgery at the same time and i was talking about how like one i have a vivid memory of bawling my eyes out in the locker room after i was just told like you know your season's over and having yeah. having brendan and joe come up and be like yo man you'll be good and then you know, Jimmy coming up like a couple, you know, we you fast forward a couple of weeks, we both have lower body injuries. So what can we do? Like we just smash muscle farm arm workouts, <laughs> like every, and it would like crutch out to practice. So <laughs> it's just, it's sick coming full circle. You talk about, you know, the four of you guys and how close you guys have been. Mm-hmm. And like, you guys have been so like, so, you know, so important in my life. And like the mindset that I try to carry now is like definitely from you guys. Yeah, dude, Jimmy, 
in the freaking muscle farm workouts i'm glad that you guys hit that together those are some sick workouts too i hit one today just just gotta say it i hit the shoulder oh, workout oh, hey. <laughs> the, the rep schemes are like 10 10 12 12 16 16 8 8 4 4 and you're just like what the fuck <laughs> all right let's LeBron, go do it leron landry uh yeah flexing on it yeah just these freak of nature workouts those are sick yeah, man. So after after that, Jimmy was like right there with me, you know, every day making sure I was doing everything I needed to do. And then there's a couple other people that, you know, were pivotal in setting it up for me. Uh, Major May, uh, Bobby May at the time. He's a lieutenant colonel now, but at the time he uh, was my battalion XO. And I went into his office one day and he was like, Q, what do you want to do? We got these billets, B billets available. Or like you declined to career desk. Like, what do you want to do? You got to tell me. <clears throat> and I was very nervous because I thought he was going to like stick me in, uh, you know, some like it's it very easy at that point to stick a terminal junior officer in an, in a job that sucks and that they're not, you know, fired up to be at. And it was like, I had to leave the battalion because I had, I was too senior and we had all these junior guys coming in. So like, there just wasn't room anymore. And so like, I had to leave, I had to take a B bill and the monitor was telling me like, he's going to throw me in like, I don't know. I don't even know. Some some inf non-infantry related job and I didn't want to do that. But like the monitor was not my friend at that point. So uh I told Major Males, sir, I'm I'm getting out of the Marine Corps and I'm gonna go play in the NFL. And this is how I intend on doing that. Um I really appreciate it. Like if you let me know if there's anything available <clears throat> that I could stay in the infantry community because this is something that means a lot to me. And quite frankly, this is where I want to be when I'm in the Marine Corps. Um, if there's something you can find for me, let me know. And I'll see if I can work it out and monitor. Like two weeks later, it's like Friday, 1600. He's like, Q, get to my office. He's like, I got your orders. You're going to division schools. And I was like, what? Like, you you got me orders at 1600 on a Friday. Like, nothing happens on Friday, yeah. let alone 1600. And he's like, yeah, you check in on Monday. So sure enough, dude, I checked in the division schools, which is still Camp Pendleton, but uh, it's it was a pretty cool spot. Like, we ran the division squad comp. We had an urban leaders course. We had live tissue. And I was like the uh, – kind of like the XO of that. So <clears throat> I got to um, work with some like super awesome staff NCOs who ran incredible courses uh, for the infantry Marines all over Camp Pendleton. And I just kind of like got out of their way, um, let them do things, but it was still like I was involved like with the things that I was you know, excited to be working on. And uh, that opened up a lot of free time for me to train. So 
I had like a super regimented training schedule. And this is when I really started making <clears throat> like gaining um, to the, towards the NFL. Cause I was here at division schools for like a year and a half. I want to say it was like a, year, a little over a year, a meal prepped every week. My girlfriend, now my wife uh, would come over and we would cook like fucking 15 pounds of chicken grilled peppers and onions make sweet potatoes and i would eat that twice a day at work every day and i had a blender and uh i made a pretty sick protein shake uh quality ingredients had a little mini fridge too so i kept it stocked um and i was on the gym or i was at the gym every day twice a day eating that and just doing what I could with what I had. Yeah. Like, I need to be bigger, faster, stronger. When the NFL opportunity comes, if it comes, I have to look the part. And I, I have to be – honestly, like, I have to be a high performer because just being good enough isn't good enough for a guy who's 28 and hasn't played football in six years and is playing a new position. So I need to be like above the standard when it comes to like the testings and shit. So I was like, all right, bigger, faster, stronger. That's my goal every day. And I got back to like 250 pounds and I was the best 250 I've ever been. Like when I was at the Naval Academy, I was 250 playing defensive end. I think I could do like 11 or 12 pull-ups. I could do probably i most i ever did was 23 but i could probably do more than that uh like doing it at 250 for the pft i'd still get 23 pull-ups so then i could (laughs) cruise on the three mile what was that three mile time dude the best i ever did was like i think the best i did was like 20 10 maybe i have to look it up that's like right yeah that's good that's right where i'm at I, I, i never could break 20 yeah, but that was like, I mean, fuck, dude. I'm I'm not a gazelle. Uh, yeah. I'm not a runner. And like, I only hit that spot like twice. Like, I was only like in the twenty range twice. Yeah. Every time of that, I was like twenty one something. Yeah. Anyway, I never really trained that hard for the PFT. Um, CFT, that's my jam. I'll smash. I will run the best CFT you've ever seen. Every time I show up to the CFT field, I'll I'll bet you on that. Uh, unless Jimmy's there, because sometimes he beat me. But Jimmy runs. <laughs> Jimmy runs a crazy CFT, dude. Uh, anyway, oh yeah, bigger, faster, stronger every day. And then uh, I, my I went up and I met with my brother's agent. Uh, his name is Chase, and awesome dude has been solid for my brother his whole career and you guys know my brother has gone through in his nfl career um getting cancer and being out of the fight for three years because of it and now he's playing in his 11th year um savage and chase has always always been there with him uh so i went up and i had lunch with him and i was like hey chase I want to play fullback. Let's make this happen. And he was like, let's fucking make this happen. Damn. And so I started training with the 
2020 draft class, like the guys who were uh, getting ready to go to the combine and like the senior bowls and all that kind of stuff. So I started training with those guys and uh, just got my skill as a fullback tight end, just where it needed to be. Um, And then was running like all the testing drills and stuff. And the plan was go to San Diego State's pro day, perform well at the pro day, and then, you know, gain the interest from whichever scouts are interested. Yeah. And then maybe they'll bring you in. And I was like, all right, yeah, cool. We got to do that. So got to crush all these, you know, tests and whatever. So I was like crushing it. Like when I did my pro day, but anyway, San Diego state's pro day gets canceled because COVID starts and like it happened just after the combine. So all pro days are canceled. So now I'm like, I don't, yeah, I don't have the ability to get in front of anyone. Um, and I was like, okay, well, still have to be ready, still have to prepare if and when the opportunity comes. Like, if I was just sitting here, like, dang it, COVID canceled my opportunity. Like, yeah. I wouldn't be ready, you know? So now, like, my my development and my continued progression as a football player was now put upon me. And how am I going to deal with this? Because I'm not going to get into a pro day. I'm not going to get invited to OTAs. But they're still getting better without me. And I need to figure out a way to be, like, as ready as I can. And what I have access to with just myself is not good enough. So I need to start, like, asking people for some help. So I reached out to James Devlin. And this dude is, like, just one of the best dudes I know. Um, I always tell him if he went to the Naval Academy, like you and I would have been best friends. Yeah. Uh, but I I hit up James because he had just retired, and when I was researching fullback years ago, when I was make trying to make this decision, I would look up guys like how big were they were what did they run and the numbers and all that kind of stuff came across james he played defensive end at brown and didn't have any opportunities to play in the the nfl's defensive end went to like arena football league the ufl and then eventually signed to the cincinnati Bengals practice squad and then new england and then played for like eight years in new england made the pro bowl um won super bowls and is like a legend in new england yeah and that his like what i read about him stood out to me because i was like that's similar to like my shit you know um he's a long shot of all long shots but he found a way to to do it and uh so i reached out to him like now years later and i kind of like give him a little backstory on like what i'm trying to do and you know he and i also let him know that like you were kind of inspiration or the genesis of this like being viewed as a possibility from my perspective like when i when i read up on you like 
you're one of the reasons why I even am down this path. So he gets back to me and uh, he's like, dude, if you come to New Jersey, um, I'll train you. So like two days later, I'm in New Jersey, staying at the dude X house, uh, driving. James is like, hey, we're training at six. And the dude X live like two and a half hours from where James lives or where we were training. So I was doing that drive every morning and by like Wednesday, he's like, I was on my way down like Wednesday morning and like a tree fell and to get to where I was going like the only, it's like a one lane New Jersey highway, like one lane in each direction. And they had like a tree fall. So I had to like go around on like some washout, like random dirt road and, and like buy and go up and around and it was like a 30 minute delay i was like hey dude like i'm gonna be late <clears throat> and he's like no big deal i get there and i tell him what's going on he's like dude you you should you could just stay at my house and i was like no nah, dude like maybe next time i come to new jersey but right now like come on like you just gotta understand i'm coming from a f- fucking long ways away uh and i'm getting up at 3 30 so if I'm a little late because a tree falls, like you gotta give me a little uh grace period. <laughs> He's like, all right, I got you, bro. <laughs> and so, but anyway, James taught me everything that he knew from New England's playbook, uh, from memory. Like Damn. from his years. That's incredible. And I would train with him and then I would go home to the Dudex and I would sit in freaking uh, the upstairs bedroom at their house and I would just make flashcards and I would of what we learned and I'd go in the backyard and I'll do like walkthroughs of what we learned and then I'd go back the next day and do it again and uh, after that week I was like I knew so much more I was I felt so much more prepared and James was like one of my like he's my fucking guy like how long did you do that for? Just just a week? Yeah, just one week. Yeah. Um, James is – I cannot say enough good things about James. Like, that dude's so awesome. Um, Just an incredible dude. And, and now he's killing it down there in Jersey, all his kids. And I'm That's trying awesome. to get James into surfing, too. He's, he's getting there. I um, need to. But uh, leave New Jersey, and I'm like, all right, cool. Like, I've gained a lot of ground. And – uh now I got to figure out how to like communicate to these people. And so Tyson stall, I'm, I'm talking to him one day and, and he connects me with a dude named Mike wall. And I don't know if you guys are familiar with Mike, but he played at Navy with Tyson and ended up leaving. Um, I don't know what the story is on why he left, but he ended up leaving and ended up playing in the NFL for like I want to say it was like 10 years yeah. um and he was like a phenomenal player so Tyson's like you, you need to go talk to Mike and just see what he has to say and I was like what like <laughs> guy like why why would I fucking go talk to a stranger and then but I'm like well it is Tyson and Tyson's never scared me wrong yeah so all right what can I do I mean might as well so 
link up with Mike and I tell him, you know, I just was with James and James taught me all this knowledge. And like, I showed him my numbers from the pro day, like YouTube video that we made to like send the teams and stuff. And Mike was like, okay, so yeah, physically you're good. Like you got it. You check all those boxes, but no team in the NFL knows who you are other than this video. If they even watched it and all they know is that you're a guy who hasn't played football in six years and is trying to play a new position. And why would, why would they look your direction when there's plenty of other options coming right out of college who seem like, you know, just a, a better option, one that makes more sense. And I was like, yeah, you're right. So how do I tell these guys what I, who I am, like what I know? And then I might not be as much of a project as you think. And so Mike comes up with this idea, me on a whiteboard, writing down all these plays and stuff that I know that I learned from James and then breaking down the play on the whiteboard and then cutting the video and then moving it to a football field where I'm actually filming myself running these plays. Yeah. And so I do that video. My wife, she helped me film it in like <laughs> the whiteboard portion. And then Jimmy met up with me at stagecoach park, the local rec field that like I grew up, you know, working out at playing baseball, whatever. We set up trash cans as an offensive lineman. And I like broke down 21 personnel plays like, Hey, this is, um, you know, lead week or we're running power or we're running, you know, a wham block or something like that. I, I think I did like five or six plays and, uh, Jimmy played linebacker and I played fullback and we just smashed into each other for a couple of takes each play. So we got like 20, <laughs> probably 20 live reps at the local field and we got it all on film and I cut it up, uh, went over to my friend Blake's house, Blake Michelle. He helped me chop it up on iMovie. He's like a super talented video editor guy, but, uh, yeah, Blake, Blake helped me put this video together and this is like August. So training camp started and I'm, oh, wow. yeah. I'm like, I'm making like, you know, these desperation moves and uh, chop up this video, send it out to everybody I know, uh, send it to James, send it to Joe Cardona. And I was like, dude, and my brothers and uh, a whole bunch of people. And I'm just telling everyone, hey, like, if you think anyone would be willing to watch this, just please show it to them. And uh, I guess it got the right people in New England because of James and Joe. And uh, a couple of days later, I'm I'm up here in Northern California in my wife's hometown. And I'm running on the field. It was real early in the morning. And uh, like the sun was just coming up. I think it was like, like 6.30 or something. And I get this call from uh foxborough like i'm like <laughs> and i was like it's 9 30 there 
that's like plenty of time to come in, have like your mor- like morning meetings and say like, hey, we're going to fly in these people for tryouts and, you know, have those like administrative discussions that n- now people go and take action on. Yeah. So like, I could, and I had had that knowledge from like the Marine Corps and like <laughs> being in like an office yeah. at times and like knowing how that works. And I was like, fuck, this might be like them, dude. Or because I usually don't answer numbers like that. Like yeah. ran- <laughs> but I had no inclination that they would be calling, right? So I was yeah. like, Yeah, deciding whether or not I'm gonna answer it. And I was like, I gotta answer it. So I answered it and this this lady introduced herself. Her name is Nancy Meyer. And uh Nancy, shout out to Nancy, she's awesome. Um, she's been with New England for like 20 years or something. Damn. She's like, hey, is this Paul Quistenberry? This is Nancy Meyer with the New England Patriots. Like, she's like, can you fly out here for a tryout today? And I was like, yeah, like, I can. Like, and so she's like, where are you, Paul? I'm like, uh, my the nearest airport is San Francisco, but it's like two hours away. So she's like, can you get on the flight at 10 a.m. San Francisco direct to Boston? And I was like. Oh, and then it's like six thirty. I'm like almost seven. I'm like, yeah, yeah, we can do that. Like, <laughs> I get home, like, bro, I gotta get a ride to the airport. Like, I had a flight at ten o'clock. Like, I'm going to the fucking New England Patriots for a trial, and everyone was so stoked. It was like, that's oh, so sick. And uh, damn, that's an awesome story. Get in the car, we drive to the airport, and then, uh, yeah, man took a flight to new england tried out <clears throat> actually tried out like three days later because i had to quarantine because covid rules um of course so i was in the hotel like doing push-ups and shit um air squats burpees jumping jacks like i don't know hotel stuff hotel yeah. workout hotel workout during covid what are you gonna do but yeah, so the tryout went good and ended up signing with the team. And then, like I already talked about that year in New England. Yeah. Uh, and then I got to Houston, and uh, like really gained a lot of ground and improved as a player. That's the year I played in those games. Yeah. And I think I, I think one of the questions you guys asked was uh, my favorite memory in the NFL. My favorite memory, uh, this one is like, was pretty obvious. Um, it was, I just played the game against the Chargers against my brother. And uh, okay. like, that was just insane. Like, how cool was that? Um, that the, the the game that I got an opportunity to play and happened to be against my brother. But after that game, like we won, it was awesome. We're like, fuck yeah. Like we hadn't won a game in a while. So it was like a really good feeling. I think it, actually we just beat Jacksonville. So we won two like back to back and we hadn't won all, like before that. Hell yeah. Uh, that all kind of settled down, like a post game, like win or whatever. Kind of settled down. Dudes are like getting showered up and, and taken off. I was like, I got to call. Um, I got to call Chella. And who chose my wife. She was my my girlfriend at the time. And uh 
I was, you know, I, I got a game check, which is significantly more than a practice squad check. Um, I got a game check the week before uh, in Jacksonville as well. So like when I had that happen, I was like, I'm buying a ring. <clears throat> I, I have enough money to do that. Like that's what I'm doing. And I did not expect that to come of that year, but it did. And I was like, boom, doing it. So I knew that was coming. So like that was, that was in my head and like on my heart. And uh, then I actually played in the game and um, I was like, I got to, she wasn't there because it was Christmas time. But she went home for Christmas and I'll, you know, she would have stayed, but I wasn't supposed to play in the game. I wasn't supposed to be up. So she wasn't there. And then, so I played in this game. I was like, I got to call her. And I called her, dude. And, uh, like, I, I was just crying, like hysterically just crying. I was so happy. And, uh, you know, she, she'd been there for me, dude, like, um, a lot. Yeah. And uh, I've been, it's been hard to like do this, you know? Yeah. Um, oh, fuck. Sorry. Uh, but she has know. always, always been there. And to like play in that game, it was like, dude, we, we kind of did it, you know? Like, yeah. That's so cool. I mean, we we fucking did do it, but I'm not done yet. So I say that like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And she's just always had my back. So yeah. So yeah. I love that. I think y'all can celebrate that together. Yeah. Paul, so uh, what's yeah. what's uh what's next for you, man? What are the uh like what's the challenge that you're setting your sights on right now? Right now. I'm a free agent. I'm just training full time. Uh, still f- feeling the best I've ever felt and getting better. And uh, you know, by the end of my 2022 season with the Texans, like the, when they cut me, I've gotten to a point where I can just go play fast and as a offensive player whether it's tight end fullback or a blend of the two and on special teams and every one of these phases of the game requires different skill set. And those skill sets are very particular and very, I don't know how to like say it obvious because obviously it's competitive, but it's such a wide array of skill sets required for like me to make a roster because I can't just be good at one thing because the amount of times that I play on just that one thing is insignificant to, you know, a defensive lineman or an offensive lineman or a receiver. Uh, So in order for me to like be a, like a realistic option for a football team to have me on their team, I need to add value in every one of those phases of the game. Mm. Offense, uh, special teams, but like even more specifically, all of them. I can't just be on one. Like I got to be good at punt, punt return, kick return, kickoff, 
um, field goal, field goal block even, um, which I played a little bit when I played in that game um, because now I'm on the field a lot. Now I'm on the field maybe 40, 50 plays a game. And if I'm one of the best of each of those times that I'm on the field, now I become like, hey, this guy helps us win games, right? Yeah. So to develop all of those different skill sets from not playing for so many years and then moving to the different side of the ball and all that, like it took me a while to like get where I needed to be in all of those phases, right? But by the end of the year, last year, I was like, dude, I, my confidence, my knowledge, and like everything is so it is right on that level, dude. Like <clears throat> of making the roster, making the 53-man roster and helping the team win. And I just need to go put that out there. I just need to go put that on film. So I'm ready to roll if someone uh, in the league is looking for me. I'm ready to roll. Um, but if not, my plan is to play in the USFL. Um, but I don't know what's going on with that because they're like merging or there's talks of merging with the XFL right now, but we'll figure that out. Yeah. But yeah, just to go play and play my best football because I've worked really hard and I've come too far to like not just go go play fast because we all know like how fun – football is when you just get to go play you know yeah and for a long time I was learning a lot and just like thinking too much and now I'm like dude I don't get to have I don't have to do that anymore like I just walk on the field and go and like I want to I just want to start from there you know yeah because that's a it's just fun yeah I think you know I know you're you don't want to take a lot of credit for the journey you've been on, man, but it's like, it's been sick. And a big takeaway I had was, uh, I think I was with you like the spring after you just got out. Um, you, so you just spent your season with the Pats and we were kind of basically like having a shortened conversation, like a lot of this stuff. And you were like, dude, it was August. I was getting out and I like had no plan B and you're like, I wasn't, like, I couldn't make a plan B. Like I had to go all in on this plan. And he's like, you, I'll never forget. You said, you know, I'm, I could have ended up working at seven 11. He's like, I don't know what the hell I would have done if I wouldn't have made it. And you did it, dude. And it's, it's just, it's sick. I think it's super inspiring to people. You know, it's like one thing to see a tagline, like, Oh, like Marine goes to the NFL and you're like, wow, that's so cool. But what's inspiring is like, Dude, you put in you you plan like you planned meticulously. You meal prepped meticulously. You did two a days. Like you put in the work. You there was no set. It wasn't like hey, if I do these things, it's gonna happen. It was like if I do these things, I have. And Coach Neo, my words, it just gives us a freaking chance. So yeah, that's 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 what I, I respect the hell out of that man. And Coach Neo's words would be, "You're building up your sand sand bags for the yeah, storm that's coming." Just man, filling sandbags, man. Like, yeah, choose your path, man. And that's what you did. You didn't let them. You didn't let other people dictate what was going to happen. You you built the path. Um, you you built the people around you. Like you had like an awesome support structure, which is sick to hear. That you poured into them, they poured into you, and it's just sick to see where you ended up, man. And it's not done being written. Yeah, we ain't done yet. Hell yeah. One one thing we've been kind of asking folks is, 
there's one thing you wanted like a listener to take away from from this what, what would it be shoot i don't know man that's a tough question uh i guess like there i mean there's a lot of reasons why i'm in pursuit of this right but i tell my wife uh one of the most important ones to me is like i want to one day i want to like look at our kids and uh tell them that they could do whatever they want in their in their life and that was told to me uh from my dad who lived his dream of flying planes and he did that damn near his whole life and at least when me and my brothers are alive you know and uh that's goes back to like the the end goal like what do I want to do with my life well I want to have a family and the build the environment that I was fortunate enough to be brought up in and a big part of that for me is like dude I need to be able to look my kids in the eyes and tell them they can do anything and like mean it you know what I mean yeah damn I love um, and so yeah just believe that you can do whatever you want to do um it might not be def definitely won't be easy like definitely will not be easy but it's certainly doable and just figure out a way and just go do it there's a and i think you kind of answered it there but um another thing we're asking people is like what's what is your sonic of your why like why are you doing this? Why are you putting yourself through this challenge? And from what I heard there is like your family and your future, future of the family. But yeah, I mean, just to take advantage of where, where I'm at and what I've been, I guess, called to do. Like we fell in love with this awesome game of football when we were kids and we were fortunate enough to play it and, you know, the D1 level Navy football is such a fucking incredible group of dudes. And then for me to be able to see a possibility and then execute upon that and continue playing, like how cool is that? Like this is still that childhood dream. This is still that, that game that you grew up just playing to have fun and to be able to do that for a living dude like I, I when I was every team I've been on bro I walk into the building and I just I think about that every single time I walk in like you know yeah. Yeah. like how cool is this yeah. I, and I think uh everyone should just feel that in some in some way um in their life you know, whatever it is they're, they're doing, if they're doing what they want to do, if they're following their passion, then you're going to feel that. It's just not. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Paul wrapping up here, man. Uh, you have anything else you want to, you want to say before we, uh, we got, we got three questions to end this off that uh, um, kind of rattle off of you. They're kind of fun. So. No, nah, I'm good, dude. Let's, let's rattle some questions. All right, man. What is your, what is your pregame ritual? Pre-game ritual, get there real early before the photographer guys 
So then I'll have to take a picture of my outfit because I'm not, <laughs> I'm not uh, about You're not that. swagged out? You're not like that? <laughs> no. Uh, I'm just messing. Uh, but I do get there early. Um, I like to go over. I treat it like <laughs> a normal day. Like every day before practice, I'll get there real early. Like the night before, I'll get the script, the offensive script for the following day. And uh, I'll write all of those on a flashcard and then draw the play on the backside. And then wake up in the morning, get to the weight room and conduct my little walkthrough and then eat and then like stretch, get my body loosened up, uh, hit another walkthrough. And then by that time, it's kind of like suit, suiting up kind of getting ready to go out on the field for like team warm up. But that's what I did every day. And that's what made me feel prepared for practice. And I was like, well, I just want to feel like that for the game. So yeah. That's how you play. yeah. That's good, man. What's your, uh, you have a pregame song or do you, do you listen to music before games? Uh, yeah, I listen to anything metal. <laughs> Who's your, what's your, like, what's your go-to metal right now? Dude, go to right now. Let's see. I I, I mean, just imagine like Bulls on Parade. <laughs> that's probably that's like yeah. a given. But like Metallica, Black Sabbath. That's what that's what the Metallica and Black Sabbath have been. That's just where I've been the last like couple of years. Those are like those are my foundations of my musical pyramid. Um, <laughs> you know, and your educational is- pyramid too. Yeah, I, I done better in my musical period than in my educational period. So I take music. I'm I'm real into it. But uh how's this one, Pat, for a throwback? Now I was jamming that this morning at the gym. Will you smile again for me? Bye. And you will know us by the trail of dead. <laughs> All right. That's what's up. I love that, man. All right. Last question, man. Um, what is your what is your guilty pleasure? Guilty pleasure. Yeah. Um, so taking care of my body uh requires, you know, strict diet and exercise and stretching and you know, all the stuff. Um, so I'm pretty regimented on what I eat. I'm also I go pretty big on my effort uh meals and i like going to in and out i'll get two fours animal style two fries and a neapolitan shake i could take i could take down two of those orders no you get do you get the fries animal style as well no it's too messy for me it is Uh, too messy yeah i i think everyone who gets animal fries is kind of like yeah they're kind of just blowing it like yeah, yeah, yeah. i think they're being cool but it's like it's too messy just get the that's regular insane, fry, that's an insane order i mean i i, yeah. I, I respect the hell out of it that's all awesome. that's a post 50 miler dude <laughs> yeah that's you a big one you should definitely dial that up after the next race we crushed we crushed you know you know i, I totally understand I, I respect the in and out california Dude, yeah. we were in Georgia. We crushed Chick-fil-A after the race. Oh, we just had to. So <laughs> it was, it was, dude, like you too. I will say I <laughs> definitely don't eat like I used to. So I haven't, yeah. I have not eaten a lot as much like Chick-fil-A chicken sandwiches 
it was like the first Chick-fil-A chicken sandwich I had in a while. And it was yeah. it was an experience, dude. That first bite, like it was insane. So good. Little like freaking clouds parted dude, and like sun my mouth had just shone down upon you. Yeah. Like, <laughs> It reminded me of when we used to we used to hit the Friday workout. We drive up to Pennsylvania to Pat Hoffman's family's house after a Friday summer workout, and we stop at Chick Fil A and get four sandwiches each. And just oh like my god, <laughs> those are the days, bro. Day. Well, dude, um, we really appreciate uh, you know, you opening up and like telling your story, and it's a sick story. So that's why we wanted to have you on. We want we just want people to to be able to hear it. Like, you know, the whole idea behind this is like Travis have been inspired by these, some of these people in our life and like their willingness to just commit to something big and you were like a no brainer. So I appreciate you being willing to do it. And, uh, it was sick, sick hearing you t- tell it. Yeah, man. I'm stoked. You guys brought me in. This was fun. Oh, yeah. yeah, man. Quest from like day one, man, since I met you at the Academy, you, you've been an uh, inspiration to me. So I wish nothing but the best for you and your wife. And like, I have no doubt that you will make it back to the NFL. And you'll you'll be picked up soon. So, dude, yeah, you crushing well, it. Man. The tables have turned now because you guys just ran fifty miles, and the longest I've ever ran was probably like maybe fifteen. So I got, uh, I got work to do in that field. <laughs> dude, come on! If you sign up for a race, let us know. We'll we'll meet you anywhere. When I'm done, when yeah. I'm done getting ball, do it now. Yeah, we'll we'll talk, but yeah, dude. If we could get if we can get the you four horsemen together, dude, that's worth, dude. We'll we'll do some. The three horses and the warthog. (laughs) Warthog. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm gonna say. But yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Let's do it. Right on, dude. We appreciate it, man. Yeah, man. Something never comes. Hey team, thanks for listening to an episode of the Sonico Project. If you enjoyed this episode, we would appreciate it if you subscribe and rate the podcast and consider sharing with someone you think would benefit from the show. Follow us on Instagram at Team Sonico. Press on and peace out. Pat and Trav.